How to save your marriage alone. This is Coach Lee, and I'm going to talk to you about this very difficult predicament that a lot of people find themselves in when the other person just does not want to work on the marriage and does not want to save it. What can you do? Because we hear people say it takes two to save a marriage, and it does, but it can start with just one, that one being you. I'm going to help you see some practical things that you can do to save your marriage alone. Number one is don't regurgitate issues. A lot of couples who are going through marriage crisis where one of them wants to leave, the other one wants to stay in the marriage and they feel alone and fighting for it, is that the idea is if you just keep talking about the issues, the difficulties, the bad times, the things the two of you did wrong, those kinds of things, if you just keep talking about them, you will keep the situation and the marriage in sort of a negative pit or a negative swamp where that's what it feels like the marriage will always be because the two of you keep talking about it and it begins to feel like this is the reality of my marriage, all this negativity. When one of the best things you can do is to leave the past as buried as possible. Once you've talked about it, once there has been an apology and forgiveness at least in statement or even just in that the attitude maybe has improved some, there is nothing to be gained by continuing to talk about it. And I'm certainly not saying that when someone's done wrong that they shouldn't apologize. They definitely, definitely should. And it should be more than once, usually two or three times. But once that's happened, you only begin to create a situation of diminishing returns when you keep bringing it up. Sure, your marriage has issues. There are things in the past that both of you wish you could take back or you could do differently or you wish that you could stop certain bad habits and you've probably made effort in that area. But one of the best things you can do, instead of just focusing on the issues and how we've got to get this resolved and you did this and I did that, one of the best things you can do, which brings me to the second point, is that you need to focus on the practical positives that you can do. And those would be things like simply having civil conversations where you don't bring up the issues. You talk about the week ahead, you talk about the week behind, you talk about positive memories, you talk about things related to your kids if you have kids, and this is what's going on, and I'm looking forward to this, I'm kind of concerned about that. But the two of you interact as two people who are deciding to move forward, because wouldn't that be great if your spouse could say, you know what, I want to let the past just stay in the past. I'm tired of talking about it. I know we had some difficult times, but I want to move forward. I want to focus on the future with you. Wouldn't it be great if they said that? Well, you can start doing that. You can do that, in fact, without them for a time. And a lot of times this will build up some of the connection and the warmth with them to where they will participate with you. And it just becomes a culture between the two of you where positive things, positive moments are going to get our attention. We are going to let the negatives die. We're going to stop giving them energy by talking about them, by talking to our friends, by talking to each other, anyone about them. We are going to mercifully let them die to where they are no longer part of our relationship and they're not part of our future. The past does not require our attention any longer, but the future sure does. And that should be the attitude to where now that we have reached this point where apparently these negatives have put us in this situation, at least that might be the claim of your spouse, the best thing you can do is to start 
creating new positive experiences, new positive exchanges, new memories. All these things are positive. You're trying to replace the old so that they can just stay buried in the past and you can move forward together. That's a lot different than how most people approach it. Most people think they have to exhaust the issues and talk and talk and talk about these negatives. And that's what's going to fix things. But usually a conversation or two and the two people get it. Both involved understand this person needs to stop doing this. This was bad. And of course, sometimes if it's particularly unloyal, like cheating or unfaithfulness, it will require more apologies. It will require apologies even deep into the future. And in many ways, the rest of your life becomes a bit of an apology in that you are choosing to be the best spouse possible going forward to make it up to them. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But as far as the other issues, let them go as best you can. Replace them with positive experiences, even if it's a simple coffee date where you two just have a conversation where there's not any bickering and fighting. The peace part of that is so powerful in terms of giving your spouse something that they want to stay for. Give them a reason to stay. And those are the positive experiences, positive conversations, so that they can look to the future and think it will be positive like this. Give them something to stay for instead of telling them constantly all the reasons that they should leave. And you do that by having continual arguments about the issues. Before I get to number three, get my free mini course on saving a marriage. Did I say free? Free mini course on saving a marriage. The link is in the description below, or you can go to marriageradio.com. You'll see the marriage tab. Click on that. You'll see the free mini course on saving your marriage. And that link will be in the description below to marriageradio.com. Number three, determine contact appreciation. And if you've seen my other videos, a lot of them are directed to single people who are in relationships that have broken up, so they're not married. I talk about the no contact rule a lot, and there can be a place for that in marriage crisis. If someone has left you, if there's a lot of animosity, and if they don't appreciate when you contact them. For example, if you contact them and they yell at you and they hang up the phone or they ignore your texts or they send you terrible responses where they cuss at you and they're angry and that kind of thing. I've gotten criticism for this, but it's nice to know I can stand on actual observation of it improving things to say that in those situations when your spouse wants to leave or doesn't want to interact with you and they're being really unreasonable and cruel, it's best to do no contact to use the no contact rule. It does have a place in marriage crisis. It's not the permanent solution, but it can be a way to at least show the other person that you're not going to keep interacting with them if they're going to treat you that way. It shows them that you can stay away, especially if the dynamic became imbalanced and they felt like they wanted to leave and you wanted them to stay and that they could just get you back whenever they wanted. They could come back whenever they wanted. They do need to feel that there is a welcome mat for them, that where you two were living together is still their home that they could come back. But what they don't need to feel is that you are pursuing them constantly, that you are trying to talk them into it constantly. And the reason is actually very simple psychology. It's because they will become defensive and they will adopt a position of fighting against you. Do you think that that's going to work out very well? They will keep building it up and giving it more energy and more focus they will become a good soldier for the divorce, for leaving you, for being against you. You're basically giving them practice. And so when you notice that they are very defensive, that they still have a lot of resentment towards you when you interact with them, 
one of the best things you can do is back off. And during that time, you're going to look for opportunities to have positive interaction. Because in my video, Strategic Contact, where I talk about how you can use the no contact rule in marriage, but it's not true no contact. It's more like selective contact. And that's where when you have opportunity to talk to them because you need to, you've got to give them information on the kids or some of your assets or something of theirs. There's a lot of ropes of commitment when people are married. It's different than dating relationships that turn into breakups. But what you do is you actually use no contact to basically reprogram your interactions. And basically what happens is that you only interact with them when you have the ability to make it civil, to make it positive, and they have to talk to you about it. And so in many ways, you're taking control back by doing that. But you have to determine if they appreciate your contact or not. And once you know that, you kind of know how to approach it a little bit better. But you have to determine how much they appreciate your contacting them. And if they don't, then basically you take back control by selecting when you talk to them and that it can be a positive experience. And that's what you're going for because over time they will warm up a little bit. They'll soften a little bit because they don't have as many things to be resentful for. They don't have that recent negative where even if they were the one who made it negative, they said terrible things to you or something like that, they can tend to actually blame that on you like that you deserved it or you caused them to do it. And these are things typically that people with a lot of resentment or borderline personality disorder or even narcissism will think about the other person who they are being terribly rude to or inconsiderate of. But if you are able to only interact with them when you know you can keep it neutral or positive, then you can start to soften them, reframe the way that they look at you, and it can be a positive thing. So it's about knowing if they appreciate your contact or not. Number four, and some of you are already separated, and so this doesn't apply, and I don't mean to frustrate you, but to those of you who aren't separated, don't do it. The numbers on couples who separate and then divorce are really bad. Most of those couples divorce. There is not a benefit to separating unless one of you is in danger from physical abuse. So try to stay in the same house. Try to stay unseparated. Even if it means that you compromise and maybe you sleep in another room or even if you don't, and you just say, well, just sleep in this bed. That's all we're going to do. That's fine if that's what it takes for them to think for a short term, because a lot of times that can change. But the key here is don't separate. And the other part of that is delay the divorce as much as possible. Delay the proceedings, delay all of that. And you can talk to your lawyer about it. They're used to people who in these situations do want to delay. Trust me, I've been involved in situations like this. You can tell your lawyer, I want to save this marriage, so I need you to delay things as much as possible. They have ways of doing that, and if they know that's what you want to do, they can help you do that. Because again, once the proceedings start, the odds go down. Once the divorce happens, the odds are way down that you can save this thing or get the two of you back together. So keep it alive as long as you can, because that gives you opportunities. Number five is prioritize sex. And again, a lot of you are in situations where you can't do that. But if you're in a situation where you can, where you're living together, or at least frequently you see each other and they have a reason to be at the home with you, then do your best to prioritize it, to make it a very unselfish serving thing between the two of you. Because when a man and a woman have sex, they bond. 
oxytocin, vasopressin, dopamine, these things are all designed to give us an incredible experience together that brings us closer. So to refuse that or to think that the other person doesn't deserve it is actually harming your odds of saving your marriage simply because it's a great way to reconnect and bring the two of you together to where you feel like this other person loves me, we have a warmth between the two of us, I love them, we're on the same team, we're good to each other, and they just want to be around you and be close with you. It's one of the most powerful things you can do to bring back that bond and that connectedness between you and your spouse. Number six, stand up for yourself. That does not mean that you fight back. It does not mean that you yell, but it does mean that you don't tolerate disrespect. And some of that can simply be removing yourself from the situation. If they start yelling or bickering with you, one of the best things you can do is simply say, I'd rather not talk about this until we both calm down. Or I'd rather not talk about this if we're going to yell. Let's just wait till both of us calm down or something like that. You want to avoid the yelling and the bickering if at all possible. And you want to make sure that if they're going to be disrespectful or cruel to you, that you demonstrate that you see that that's not appropriate, that that's not how they're going to treat you, that you are not going to engage with them if that's the case, and that you're going to let them know that you won't tolerate that. And yes, it's a challenge for you yourself not to become the rude one in the situation. That's why it's best to keep your voice low and calm and to simply say, I'd rather talk about this at another time when we're both not so heated. Something like that. Because then they'll know they can't get anywhere with you if they are disrespectful or cruel to you. Number seven, I've alluded to before, apologize, but stop. In other words, you should apologize if you have done something wrong to your spouse, you've been unfaithful, you've been cruel over the years, you've neglected them, whatever it is, apologize. If you already have, stop. Because continuing to apologize can basically start to feel like manipulation. It can feel like pressure, even though it's something that's appropriate in the right context. And continuing to apologize, even after you already have, can also cause you to go into sort of that negative pit that I talked about earlier, where it seems like the entire time that the two of you are together or the whole of your relationship right now is about the negatives and the issues of the past. It can cause that. And so that's why if you have apologized and you've apologized twice or maybe three times beyond that, you need to stop because it only keeps things at a stopped position as far as the relationship moving forward into better times. You want to be able to leave some of that behind you and start installing some positive experiences, positive memories, positive conversations, things that actually give them a want to. Give them something to stay for. Number eight, this is if you have a family and kids and that kind of thing. Restore family time if possible. That means having family meals. That means watching a movie together as a family, going to church together as a family, whatever it is you do as a family, try to keep doing it. Even if it doesn't feel right, even if it feels awkward, you want them to see this and to remember that they are part of a family. This is what they will be leaving. They need to feel this is mom, dad, and the kids. And I am walking away from this. They need to realize it's not just about them, that there are other people impacted by this and that they need to look outside of themselves. It will also hopefully have them in situations where they enjoy it and they have to sit and realize that they are enjoying this and this is something they want. It's another way you can give them something to stay for. They can stay for their kids. It doesn't mean that's the only reason, but that's a great reason to say, I'm going to stay and work on this because I want to keep our family together. It's a terrific reason. And that's how you need to view it is you need to show them what they are leaving. Get my free mini course on saving a marriage. It is free and it's really helpful. And I have other videos here on saving a marriage. This has been Coach Lee and as always, thank you for watching.